0: <laughs> if you already know Drake, or you already been on Drake's TikTok, or his lives, or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to everything culture, with an A, not a die, check out She Gets It pod. All right. I know I'm the one with the little blue me on there. That's me. All right. New season, new season 22, giving y'all encouragement, motivation, and a real insight in the things that I think about on a daily, but I'm saying them out loud to y'all. So check me out on She Gets a Pod on your favorite podcast app, and also find me and the rest of my podcasts on shambypotting.com Now I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey Drake, I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Am I
1: we, back we, back? <laughs> we back. We in it. What's up, y'all?
0: We coordinate in the earth tones. Uh,
1: hold on.
0: I mean, I mean, mine is in my closet. Um one time I will wear it. It's not it's not cold enough now.
1: Hey, it is in the 50s and the 60s over here in the Pacific Northwest. So we right there. We right we, there. It, we is, it is official hoodie season.
0: I wish it was it's, it's, it's warm now. I got the air on right now. But uh mm-hmm. welcome back to She Gets It Pod and a everything
1: every- in Culture
0: Collab. And uh this is episode three being twice as good because. That is a topic that we could touch on all levels. Mm. I'm Shan, and that's and I'm Drake. I'm saying check out everything Culture podcast, and if you haven't stopped, find the podcast, subscribe, and share the podcast because we appreciate it. Okay, greatly. And um, we're talking about beautiful blackness on this episode. Mm. And with that, we have to talk about this, this backpack that black people carry in America. This um, note that's like embedded in our minds from our parents, from our grandparents, from our aunts, from our uncles, from the teacher that feels like we're the brightest in school. That's why they keep calling on us Um, from That manager that believes in you just wants to challenge you all the time. So they add a little bit onto what you got going on in a workplace. Um, The way that you dress yourself as a Black American uh, in this country, the way that you carry yourself in public, how when you're upset, you have to be mindful of how upset you are, what you look like, what energy you're giving off your facial expressions, what you do with your hands, um, and your grades, going back to being a kid, how mindful you have to be about your grades and your clothes being ironed for the weekend, you know, looking a certain way and presenting yourself a certain way and making sure this and that. And sometimes it's a great thing to build integrity and sometimes it's something where it just makes Black people very anxious when everybody else is relaxed in a place or a school or an environment. And you're always just ready for something to be an issue. So being twice as good. So when uh, you hear that, what are your thoughts on being twice as good? We have to be twice as good. Do you think positive things from that drake or do you think negative things or do you think it's just something that you're just used to hearing that you just know and it's okay or do you think we need to move away from that and be fair
1: so what's up y'all so and thank you shan that was a great prompt into this conversation but my opinion on being twice as good good to be black you have to be twice as good That's what I don't like, is that you have to be twice as good to just be treated normally here in society, in American culture. And it's that was taught to me in the 90s and in the 2000s. It was taught to my parents in the 70s. It was taught to my grandparents in the 30s, okay? Um, It's frustrating because I still see it to this day. And then and I have to still tell my nephews and my nieces and my cousins that you're gonna have to work harder to be treated. And I see it in the workplace that I mean, like every in just the workplace in general. We mm-hmm. still see it in sports. Mm-hmm. To and that's why I say I don't I believe that to the point we I wish we could just be quote unquote mediocre. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the I don't I'm not a fan of the woman the most parts, but is it Amarosa made a statement that On another white woman's um, talk show, this is about 10 years back that she, rosa stated all her accomplishments and I don't have my own talk show, but you being a mediocre white woman, you have your own platform and talk show on daytime television Mm -hmm. and the people booed, but like the audience booed, but a lot of things, black people's like, yeah, we feel that we see that. Something came out today about Simone Biles. It's not just here in America. We're talking specifically America, but it was mentioned that she just makes stuff look difficult, but she doesn't fit the aesthetic. Yeah. Simone Biles busts her butt. She's the greatest to ever have done it. She works hard. She practices, And she, they still want to minimize her because of who she is and what she looks like mm-hmm. if somebody else done it. And... That's the frustrating thing, and, I, and, I, and it, it, it kind of builds self-hate within ourselves for us to dismiss one another just for living our life and being, quote-unquote, mediocre, normal people, when you have the absolute human American right to do so as well. That's the struggle that I have with it. I wish I can just wake up and, you know, chill. I wish I can wake up and just do my job halfway at work, but it doesn't work that way. I have to give more than my all. Have, we work late. We do. And, and it's stressful. And it's stressful. But I don't want... But when something I don't do personally, and I've learned to stop doing that, is putting that pressure on everyone else.
0: Mm.
1: Now, when I have children and, you know, my nephew... I I'm, I tell my nephews and nieces, yeah, that's what you want to do to get where we're at. But you don't have to do it. You know? Mm. You don't have to do it. You Because... Once again, but if you want these certain things, unfortunately, yeah, you still got to do that. You got to set yourself apart than other people. And you see your um, counterparts of other ethnicities or basically white people be direct. Because it's not like that in only in the Black community. That's why I want to be clear. You know, It's everything culture here. But we're talking about Black people right now. And it's been shown over history and still to this day in the 2020s that we still have to work twice as hard We have to practice twice as hard. We have to be kind and do it with a smile on our face. And because you mentioned us walking down the street today, I I was, I'll talk to you earlier, Shane, right before this episode, I was not in the best of moods, okay? and i had to be mindful it's always like in the back of your head you're still a black person not only i'm a black man i'm a muscular black man i'm a bald and bearded black man things that people may find attractive to me attractive to them other people may find as a danger
0: aggressive
1: when i'm upset i'm automatically a threat that's the scary thing about it so it's not only that i have to work hard i have to train hard but i'll have to be cautious and walk on eggshells as well and being here in seattle you know some black people feel different than that Mm -hmm. i'm from texas i know the process that people may look at you and the dangers that we have potentially
0: right
1: you know just for being who we are but as far as just keeping from, from being an athlete and I I want to share a comparison. It, it, it's kind of like when you see just with dancing, oh, we could forget all that. Bring it back to just social media. Mm-hmm. The dances and the creativity we put into the things that we do is amazing. We like we make it happen. We the sauce, mm-hmm. you know. Don't drown it. But then we see other people on the timeline. You know, I won't say directly. You know, some white folks, they do like the bare minimum and they get hella traction, followers, brand deals.
0: And don't tag the originator.
1: See, know, see, I'm not even talking about, because I was going to get on there. I'm talking about okay. for just doing average stuff. Yeah. But they would take what we've, comp- we've performed and created, mm-hmm. and then they would get, the credit for it. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating. And we and it's been people we've spoken out about it. I remember it was a trend and w- on one of my one of the people I follow still do it. She just get on TikTok and she said, I'm just gonna do basic stuff as a black girl. I'm not, I'm just so she just <laughs> she put it. the caption, number one it. black basic stuff as a black girl, eating chips. She color her hair and it's not about 15, 30 seconds. And she got it from it's a, it's quite a few white women do that. And they get numbers, traction, mm-hmm. I realize even with my own content, when I don't show what I look like, if I have the camera turn outwards, mm-hmm. oh, my, my videos do a lot more numbers, a lot more, unless I bring in the beard, I'm doing something with my beard, but other than that, just like, we have to try harder in our, in our work, our education, to run in politics, to, it's, it's across the board. And I'm not, it's, get, it's gotten a bit better because people, We but we have to put it in your face. It's to the point we still have to say it, you know, even with my position right now. Like, I, I can toot my horn a lot. And I usually don't, but I know I bust my butt. I know I have the type of value in the organization. And I'm like, pay me. Because I see you have other people and other people are very mediocre in their job and they're in positions they shouldn't be in. But I'm just fine. I'm just... Curious. A lot how did of they people I
0: work with are like that, and I'm just like, how did they get this job? You know what I'm saying? How do you handle certain accounts of importance, and you don't know the legal terms of things in the account? Um,
1: oh, but- and and I bring and I. One thing that bothers me because it's happening when we're being called overqualified then for positions we apply for. That is the most condescending and disrespectful thing to do. to a person of color a black person to be specific that bothers me so much what do you mean
0: yeah
1: i wouldn't apply for this if i wouldn't (sighs) i digress
0: it's kind of like and and i had to stop applying to jobs due to that because i was seeing a trend in response and especially like I said, okay, well, let me apply for the same job I'm doing for the last four and a half years. Yeah. And it will always come back. We went with someone more qualified or with more experience. And um, I had to stop because I'm just like, I'm not going to add in fluff. I'm not going to take away the fact that I have a degree to make someone to hire me feel like if we hire her she's going to want to stay here so bad that she'll accept anything and we don't have to worry about her wanting to get in a higher position or work somewhere else and I don't even like when people see people um as i'm only comfortable around this person if they're underneath me and that's what it gives it gives i'm only comfortable with this person if they know less i'm only comfortable with around this person if they're less experienced so i could feel more superior and that's hard to hear after you have bust your butt to not do all the fun things that you know your, your teenage friends were doing when you were in the house doing X, Y, and Z. Maybe you were studying more. Maybe you were practicing more so you can make sure you, had, you got that scholarship and your parents didn't have to come out of pocket to pay for school. And um, maybe the reason why you wanna bust your butt for so long is because that's all you knew. Your parents weren't into you playing sports. Your parents were academics. And coming from a Caribbean household, it's academics that they're more on. They don't care about you playing soccer, especially if you're not a boy.
1: See, but the thing is, in a Black household, it don't matter. In, like, in my household, it don't matter what you're doing. You're going to have to try twice as hard.
0: You're yeah. going to
1: have to grind. Not saying, and, I, and, I, and once again, I'm not um, taking away. Uh, we said in our intro episode, we're not taking away from anybody else in their culture. But okay. in, in, in our community, if we we know we have to come out and be smarter, harder, faster, stronger, aggr- uh, and we got, and we still we have to still be kind. Like it's such uh, the stress that's put on us at an early age to be successful, and it's historically known from that. And it, once again, let's let's talk about Deion Sanders. Mm. Okay, look what he's doing right now, and he said how he has raised his kids and the kids that he's coaching at the moment. You have to be better. You have to come out stronger. He 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 he's he pushes his kids. Mm-hmm. He had to push himself, and even he still have to push himself right now to be respected at a certain light that he's going to be better. He better than a lot of other coaches out there. Yeah, but he has to gave, they still gave him to to do that. They still giving him hell, and they're yeah. waiting for him to fail. Yeah, waiting for him to fail. And cause, and the thing is, and like how we can hurt ourselves with that. Do you understand the type of doors he's trying to open by leading by example? Mm -hmm. He's like, what the discussion we're having right now gotta be twice as good. He is showing everyone that how good we are truly are, that we're destined to be. And it's been noticed. It's been said before by white coaches there we can be mediocre we just have to create this so we have to create this system and keep them down mm-hmm. but if, if they come in and do better and they've shown us how better they are in this and they put it on the, the 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 national level they're gonna have to open the doors for us
0: right because you now made the space bigger
1: you so and how- you you put the spotlight on it you you uh, you shine that spotlight right on it like what yeah. do you got to say about it now yeah And 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 it's stressful because you see, we've seen it. We see like I don't know if you watch sports and stuff like that. We see it right in front of us. Mm -hmm. We we are very direct, and but we already know it. Uh, it, It's it's like police brutality. Mm -hmm. We we know that it happens. Right. So the thing is, and when other people see it, it's like duh. You know, it's like and it's like we 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 we're sharing that we go through this work. But how do we treat each other about it? That's why when I look at, and I'm going to say this, and and just be mindful. So one network that I hate is Zeus. I cannot stand the Zeus network, okay? Because it's messy and it's drama. It's not good for my community in my opinion, okay? And I'm very outspoken about it. And because I come from that, we have to work twice as hard. We have to create this image. Um, I'm almost I'm almost folks, I ain't gonna argue and fight with my sister and my brother in front of these white folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. We can have a disagreement, but we don't have to have it in front of them. Okay. Yeah. Someone said, and i I think I tweeted something about can't stand like this, all these problems and all that. And um one of my mutuals, Candace, expressed that I I should she said, I look forward to we get to today that we can have this dumb fun. And with crazy stuff without having had an expectation to be better, and I was like, "Ooh, mm, how to how to look at myself real quick."
0: Listen, we you know? like you know, like as a child, you go in the store and you may see a child of another culture acting a fool, and without saying, your mom ain't have to tell you, you better not. Your dad didn't have to tell you. Your grandma, it's just a look. And you are just amazed like, oh my God, they get to do that. And they still get the candy. They get to do that. And they still get the toy.
1: Hey, some of us, but, but we, mm, 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 mm. we don't, and that kind of thing, we kind because of, we've made progress. Yeah. We've made progress. And that's the thing, what does progress look like for everyone?
0: Yeah.
1: Because well, I've seen some of us cut the fool of the stove. And mm. I'm like, Yeah, it must be nice. And the thing is, it's like yeah. you know, and that like is that what we're working towards to have that type of freedom? Yeah, you know, like that. That's we got to be mindful of what we're working towards as well. Is mm-hmm. that like is that the type of comfortability that we can do? We want that. Mm-hmm. Like, like
0: I, uh, as, a, as a mom, as a mom. My kids wear uniform to go to school.
1: Uniforms, okay. Their
0: uniforms are not cheap.
1: They ain't. Um, and
0: when they come home, they know like you need to take off your uniform, put it in the hamper, and just put on whatever you want to wear. It's mm. not uniform. And I make it a point not to say your play clothes or take off your good clothes, you know what I'm saying? Mm. Because I heard that growing up with my mom and my grandma and um, I look outside and there's this boy that lives in the cul-de-sac that goes to the same school as the girls and he just on his scooter going around and around in circles with his uniform on. <laughs> just like no, but maybe your parents because he's biracial they're just like whatever, you know. But I didn't grow up being able to play
1: in my uniform. See, see, right there. That's culture. Once again, yeah. this everything culture. Because yeah. in my household, um, African-American Black household, if we went it was a certain point that we had uniform, we can play in that uniform, but mm-hmm. your good clothes was your clothes you got at home. Okay, mm-hmm. well, I got to a certain age. You you ain't you ain't supposed to have your you know, your church clothes on, that's that's right. your best. Okay.
0: Socks, my brother
1: used to get. Oh, you used to socks. slide across that floor on your church socks <laughs> and all that. We used to yeah. wear, we used to, just, just between us, I used to put on my grandma. We used to, not just me, but we used to put on my grandma's wigs and get no. some church socks on, act like we were James Brown, like do the whole, <laughs> the, the mashed potato. Good. uh y'all yeah, don't know nothing about that. Good. Maybe James Brown for Apple. I gotta figure out if I'm gonna be something for Halloween. But anyway, I digress. Um, it's to that point that, like Jordans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Are we? Ooh, is that gonna be a conversation? We put yeah. a lot of emphasis on brands
0: materialism yeah
1: with a whole lot of that on us <laughs> totally. and that's why I say you can go play in them that, that, that clothes because we're getting our uniforms from Target and Walmart you know you could have your blue what is it what was my what the colors you can wear a blue or white right. polo
0: khaki
1: khaki shorts and Hello. pants and but you can wear whatever shoes you want to okay yeah. but you don't wear your good shoes at school because you can mess your good shoes up at school you know what I mean yeah. So it, it's it's really that that's more of a culture breakdown of how we look at how you was raised in your household and what type of um, income level that you have income did you have in your household, too, mm-hmm. because how like and that's another thing I was cussed at. I was cussed out as a child. I got whoopings and things. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm going to do the same thing with my kids. Uh, I have them, you know, because I'm in a different way of life and. You know, different houses and things things are different, but you're,
0: you're I think you and your wife are more emotionally aware of how to handle a situation other than physical. I think a lot of our parents just knew physically, let me show you better than I can tell you because you're a child. you need to be in a child's place um as a parent for me, I feel like. Is my job to educate my child for the well being of their survival and also discipline them, but let them know why.
1: Question Have you ever got a whooping because of a report card? No. Oh, I haven't either, but I've seen them happen. It, I was smart. Like, that, I, once again, I was always that. Listen, I was, I was, I was in
0: the um I was in the book of all honors kids in high all through high school, so that's never a thing
1: it was it was threatened though because yeah. I was an a b student, okay? I was a or b student. I like in my whole lifetime, through like well, when I was talking about from grade school, so from like kindergarten to um, tw- graduate from high school, twelfth grade. I've made maybe two C's on report cards, maybe two C's, and one failing grade was a 69. And it was because I was that <laughs> Are we
0: still, still real with that.
1: Ooh, because it was it was that was more of a that was more of a beef with a teacher thing. She was trying to make an example, raggedy ass woman. Um but the point I'm making is um Education was big in my household. Once you get that, you got it. Whew, you better come with it. Yeah. You better. Like, it was a threat. Mm-hmm. And I thought mine was bad until I was going to school with other black kids. And one girl, she got a B and she broke. She had a whole panic attack in front of me. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you got a B.
0: Right. What?
1: Look, Whitney, I cannot think of Whitney's last name, but her first name was Whitney. I'm talking about a full breakdown. But Whitney's a doctor now. Mm. You feel me? Mm-hmm. And, and it, it's one of those things. How much your parents push you, you know. How, and, I, and I know my parents. Even though my my grandparents didn't have nothing past a sixth grade ed- education,
0: my grandpa only had a sixth grade education, and then he was just being a man.
1: Hey, and but he said you better know how to read, and you better know how you know how to read and count. That's his main thing. You know your math, and know your, your I mean, know your arithmetic and know your language arts. That's the main thing because you know how to read these contracts and you know how to add this and count your money. That's the main thing he put pushed us for. And I understand what they went through, what they've been through. And he had to work twice as hard. He was a black man in East Texas starting a business around a lot of segregation, Jim Crow, um, you name it. Yeah. Even So when he had kids and then grandkids, it was the focus of we have to be better. Right. And that that push, even when I came around, came along, like, it, it meant a lot, because even like now, I, we talk about the stress of being quote unquote better. How do we turn it off? How do we take care of ourselves? Mm-hmm. And how to like, to continually do it without breaking down, without burning out, you know? Mm-hmm. That is something we have to focus on too. Because it's hard doing that when you're doing it by yourself. If if I'm making sense, so but then being that twice as good, like, and but still being considered, everybody's not going to be on that level at the same time. You know, like I was a fat kid. I didn't run twice as hard on the track. (laughs) I'll tell you that now. I'm gonna read, and I'm gonna do, I'm gonna you know work on my mouth problems, and stay out after the class and all that. But when it came to running and eating better, I ain't gonna give my all on that, and I mm-hmm. recognize that. But you have some people, and it, that in black co- com- culture, and especially American, it's just like some things. If you want to make it to certain levels in the workforce or in athletics, you have to be noticeably better when other yeah. people don't have to, like, just stand out and they still get this, and they pay these thing. that's my thing, pay me for the work I'm putting out.
0: Yeah, so, on, on that, like, I have down here, like, working harder, working longer than your counterparts, and then coming mm-hmm. in the next day acting like we are all on the same level, we are all pulling the same weight on the team. I think small things like that, and holding that in, and knowing when you can leave and decompress from that before you go home and bring that energy to your family. Mm-hmm. Or um, I, I I think it's a major issue on how black people decompress, period. Um, do we decompress in a healthy way? Is it with healthy food? Do we drink? Do we feel like we need to smoke? How is that helping us, you know?
1: Do, um, I, I, get you I, some, get you some cool, <laughs> cool, 100s or Newport, no, like no, hey, no, hey, no, get man. you some Hennessy. That's what the problem no. that when you get out of work when you driving home, that's what they, we used to see those billboards like, Hey, y'all go watch they clone Tyrone. Um, <laughs> but that's what we used to see. Those yeah. menthols that keep you cool. Get you some Hennessy. Those get you addicted to these things. That's going to yeah. end your life earlier.
0: Yeah. And it's just like, we need a positive outlook and an outlet to be able to get that off. A lot of, um, a lot of black Americans are known for getting home and sitting in their car for hours. you know? And, um, I know we are not the only ones that do yeah. it, but <laughs> I have a lot of family members that do it. That's just a thing. Yeah. My mom is home, but she's in the car. Or, you know, that's where they call me from to tell me about their day. And then they start their next shift and their next shift is everybody that's in the house. And Mm. then, you know, by the time they fall asleep, they might fall asleep in their work clothes and they wake up tomorrow and they do it again and they do it again. So even that can lead to health issues in us. Um, I'm very happy with our generation because we're, We're going to therapy, we're exercising, we're eating differently. Even though our family refuses to change how they eat, we're taking it upon ourselves. Okay, well, my family's going to eat like this. And no, we might not be coming this year for Thanksgiving. And this is what I'm cooking for Thanksgiving. I know your grandma will cook food and food and food on top of food and put it in the fridge. I'm not doing that. I got to tell the girls that here all the time. And Aya's like, well, it kind of makes sense because if you cook this and you cook that, then you won't have to cook when, when we're hungry and it'll just be in the fridge. No, no, I'm not doing it, you know? And it's it's that pushback that sometimes is harder with a generation that's stuck doing things in a certain way. Um,
1: when I'm it comes part to of that like- generation, y'all. I just want y'all to know that, <laughs> like, I don't, for the people who are not able to see my face right now, Um no. I'm the generation Shannon is talking about because I look forward to my dressing. I look forward to my ham. I look forward to the cranberry sauce. I look forward to my Greenberg turkey. And I look for them leftovers for the next three, perhaps four days. Okay. I am that. I am. That is still part of my culture, okay. Yeah. And it, I, I, everything, Shannon. I, I, I respect everything Shannon's saying. And if Shannon's if kids, if y'all hear me, if y'all want to come over for Thanksgiving with my family, y'all would love it. I promise you would.
0: And I'm not somebody. I'm not against leftovers, but I'm not cooking something new when there's food in the fridge. I refuse eat that. And then I'll cook, you know, I might season something and cook it for the next day. And um, just getting new habits. And honestly, when it comes to Black people in a workplace, um, being unrepresented in a small gathering or in a workplace and you're always looked at to talk about Black issues because that's your culture, that in itself sometimes is like, uh, But who told you I wanted to do it You know um, And it's kind of frustrating Because sometimes people don't want to hear About black culture from somebody that's not Of that culture But at the same time If you're the only black person in that workplace You don't want to carry that every time For every meeting Every gathering
1: So who should
0: I feel like In order to broaden it and make it so people are comfortable having that knowledge, I feel like it's okay for someone who is not of that culture to talk about it as long as they're correctly knowledgeable about it
1: then who so me everything culture, yeah, okay <laughs> uh' cause I'm that person I don't like hearing from people that don't know, even if you part of, print, yeah. what 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 do you think I'm about to bring up Shan?
0: um the diversity mm, Juneteenth
1: oh, okay mm. okay Juneteenth oh oh <laughs> so first of all shout out to my uh current organization they asked me to talk about Juneteenth in 2020 my first year there yeah like because we were talking about just holidays and how we're going to celebrate a weekend That's said I'm looking forward to Juneteenth and someone like, can you tell us about Juneteenth? We don't know much about it. This is before people started really talking about it. Oh, right. say less. I got a whole podcast about Juneteenth. I got this talking about it. Juneteenth mm-hmm. is something I've been celebrating since I was a baby, since my parents was alive, since my grandparents alive. They Juneteenth is part of my culture, and I explain. It, every black person didn't celebrate Juneteenth, okay? But Juneteenth it, it sparked up, became a national holiday again. Um, start having heavy flow, and I start hearing people—not only white people, but black people—that don't know a damn thing about Juneteenth. Talk about Juneteenth.
0: My family talk about that.
1: And I'm like, uh, "Who are you talking about this holiday? I've been celebrating all my life, and I've been discriminated <laughs> against because I celebrated. Who are you? What do you know about it?" And then when I'm telling them and educating them about it, they. you know they're trying to educate people and i'm like you got that wrong you got that wrong and try to get upset but you did you can't just make stuff up
0: yeah
1: and and i tell them when i and a lot of people especially up here in the pacific northwest that are not very um religion or church focused i tell them like it was christianity focused like juneteenth started in the church Mm -hmm. it started in the church Mm -hmm. you can't leave that out you know and they'll try to so when we're talking about allowing people to share things that's going back to that twice as hard pay me for me pay me for me talking about it though everything culture was created to educate people about other people's cultures from their perspective that's why i try to bring people on just it don't have to be me talking about it I got somebody from New Orleans to come in and speak about New Orleans history. Mm-hmm. Shan, if you want to speak about Philly, if she was, like, I'm not a mother. I'd rather have mothers come on and talk about being a mother. Yeah. So I know it's a little bit more work, but I'm going to give you that credit. I'm going to give you that recognition. Mm-hmm. And once I get to the point to start paying folks, I'm going to start paying for you doing the work too. And workplaces, they need to start doing that. I'd rather so know someone's getting paid that represents that culture and know and, like, and have a lived experience or learn a real learned experience about it prefer for once again preferably learn experience rather than hearing just somebody else talking about it no matter how look at it that's my perspective and my suggestion pay mm.
0: hey, me um, no. i also want people to think about this how uh, let's say a city like new york how a lot of kids in new york grow up more independent minded, um, adult minded from the way that they have to go to school. You know, you live in this side of the city. It is up to you by your parents to make sure you get up at this time, leave the apartment at this time, lock the door, have everything you need, get on the bus, take it to the train, switch to this train, get to school and be there on time and have everything you need to come on with grades, leave school, go to where you need to go to, go pick up your sibling, take the train, take the bus, get home, help them with their homework, cook dinner, and I should be home by then. So a lot of kids in a the city, they get their independence a bit early depending on what their parents can provide. Fast forward, you can have a wealthier family where you have a driver that's going to take you to school. You don't deal with the bus. You don't deal with the train. You get dropped but off. You get picked up.
1: You you just see, that's what I was, I was going to say, but you just touched on it. It's yeah. not about city. It's not about city living. I'm from the country. I'm from Texas. Mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, other than taking the train, we're everything you said was the same thing. I'm telling you. You, and you I had to feed the chickens and the and the dogs outside, okay? <laughs> you, hey, dog. Straight up, the chickens, I think, you well, know, really, young, we had goats and all that, but those are, you have responsibilities. That comes from p- poverty. <laughs> like, like, and not saying, like, you having those responsibilities, meaning you don't have money, because some people that have a responsibility on kids. Now, that, that's shifting the conversation. Being twice as good too, but because think, me,
0: okay, think about all of those things, right? And think mm-hmm. about how the expectation of how a child is supposed to be in a classroom, as far as academics and attention, with the child that all I had to do is wake up, get dressed, and get in the car, and just be I was, here. I
1: was, I still made better grades than a lot of folks like that because it was the expectation of responsibility,
0: and that's what I'm saying. Now,
1: it, it, and that's a unique thing like shout out to my homeboy you know shout out I, I ain't even gonna name no names you know he spoiled yeah mama and daddy work yeah you know he got whatever he wanted
0: was his parents strict about academics
1: well they were strict but he still got, and what was considered strict they pushed it but they he still got everything he wanted mm. I, I was like i went without that a lot but my i knew it he would get in trouble his mother would show up to the school he would get whoopings and all that but he just didn't care mm. he didn't have the amount of responsibilities i had though yeah that's the thing i was taught responsibility yeah. like one of the questions on the making you what was your first sense of responsibility i had one of my guests come on the show and tell me i still don't know and this man in his fifties. <laughs> i like what what <laughs> You know, but the unique thing is. But when I went to school, I know school is a responsibility. I knew that was something I had to handle. Like when I when I remember I remember hearing this like it was two hours ago, boy, you ain't got no job. Your job is to take your ass to class and get that work done.
0: That's how school was for my brothers in Jamaica. Like your parents paid for you to be able to do X, Y and Z. Your job is to get up and get there and do what you're supposed to do and get back. On time,
1: straight up. So knowing that, that was an understanding of responsibility, and I don't. It's hard to say, like, but I know I had food, but mm-hmm. you know, not every time. Let me take that back. When I was younger, I've been through some things, mm-hmm. but when you, what you listen, out being from city to the country, it's some, it's some of like the same things, but it's the the mindset of resources because let's say if you got two parents and they both bring in income you're going to have more resources you have more resources most likely you can have more options More options you could have of course more ability to make the choices to you know go different and spots
0: mistakes too
1: yeah yeah and that's what i say. and mistakes agreed agreed and it's so unique like that's what i say with my kids like you know how we live and hey y'all still got to bust y'all butt right why that because you know, you so can say you say, so, and I'm saying so, it's building character. Yeah. It's going to help you more. My auntie started made me empty her uh, aquarium. Have you ever emptied an aquarium? And, like, yeah. I'm talking about a big joint. I ain't yeah. talking about like a little one. I'm talking yeah. about like one doing 80 pound yeah. joints. You know, one that you can't move gas. with half,
0: half a tank in it is
1: too heavy. Yeah. Yeah. You have to complete. Man, do you know how to siphon? Do you know how to siphon? I've siphoned gas and water. No, that happened to be. my
0: brother and a whole bunch of bugs then went in his mouth.
1: You gotta be quick. Yeah. Drop that thing. You gotta make sure nothing getting you. Right when you feel that, hear that that noise, he comes, you gotta drop it out. Yeah. There's life lessons that you learn. Okay. Like when did you learn how to? T- I learned my mom used to tell me she didn't want to pay for the plumber. You get under this sink, you learn how, pay attention to that plumber. Yeah. If somebody come out work on a car, you go and pay attention to that. Yeah, like my auntie saying, way like all these things that i was taught to learn because it was to save money in the future and it make me a better man than i am today it wasn't fun doing it but that that and that, that's that's a black experience but i believe that's also a poverty experience too
0: yeah. a necessity that a lot of other cultures don't see as a necessity because it should be somebody there to be able to do it but um i have a question for you while doing my research with this topic have you heard of black fatigue
1: i have an episode about um uh, it's it's not black fatigue it's racial battle fatigue to be exact
0: okay so the way that they describe this is as um living under an invisible but strong white judgment that's
1: exhausting. Mm-hmm. yes so um just by being black yeah you should be in therapy, you should be in counseling because you're just going to be strong out because of systematic oppression that's being placed above you. Yes, that's yeah. F- season two, ah, episode seven, episode eight. I think
0: mm, that man remembers. Um, I think uh, my mom, my aunts, my brothers, uh, they know that there's a certain way you speak. When you're talking to certain individuals i remember as a child being able to know who my mom was talking to on the phone if she picked up the phone she's like hello i was like she's talking to somebody pay hey, bills she's talking to somebody
1: you're talking about code switching continue yes. yes
0: and then um as soon as she hung up the phone did i tell you da, 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 da. and i was like yeah like she knows
1: now she ever hit that
0: no She never hit
1: that, she never hit that proper, thank you. Man, I be getting that today with my wife. I'm talking. my My bad. No,
0: we always kind of figure who she was talking to by her tone. But even the idea of, you know, having a tone or who you're speaking to or putting on this sound if you're talking to this person. At at what level do you have to ask yourself? Okay, if my child is watching me, am I helping or am I holding back something? Do I explain this to him, or when do you explain this to him? Um, I don't, I don't have a switch when I talk to people now. Yes, you do. Do I? I don't notice
1: yes, you do. it. <laughs> yeah, you may. Yes, you do. Like I, I'm gonna Colin Cap, yes, you do. Um, I've seen you do it. Like I've heard you and Kyle. You you had the same catering, but you switch. You know your prof- it's your professional voice and your relaxed voice. You got several different episodes. You sound different from um cozy Wound that you do from she gets it. You do, oh, of you yeah. see? Look, oh, of course, duh, <laughs> you have it
0: because I'm talking about something different. It's a different. It's a different. <laughs> So
1: see if see this you we're going to we're we're stepping into a different topic right now. Yeah, this is code switching. Code mm-hmm. switching is a whole different mindset and culture, and it, and it's true. And I, I it's a clip from Loudmouth. I love Loudmouth, by the way. Yeah, and they talk about like code switching and somebody you know and a lot of black people don't like code switching. I don't code switch really, shut yeah. up. Um, code switching is for survival. It is. Yeah, code switching is. I'm I'm very good at code
0: switching.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't I don't always do it, and I blend in because I'm still. You still got to be you at the end of the day, right? But even the way you dress, even with your kids, how they go to school is not how they may go to the grocery store. How they may go to church, man. How they go to the, cl- the club. We all code switch one way or another from our dress, from our tone to what with the word I curse. Do I curse at every spice? No, I don't yeah. curse around my elders. The way I talk to my elders is not the way I talk to you. You know, mm-hmm. I code switch. That is, there, it, it's, for, it's survival. But if I have to um, sit up straight, right? Once again, at my work, I, mean, I wear this hoodie at work. I wear a hoodie like at my current, but I know when I'm in an interview, I'm going to have to code switch a bit. Mm-hmm. And now, do, I don't know how, once again, I don't know how often white people may have to co-switch, but me being black and I know other ethnic, but me being black, I know I have to co-switch and I don't like, that doesn't, I'm trying to eliminate co-switching for that, but no, I don't think, if I think I was a different ethnicity, I think I would still co-switch to a sense because it's, once again, you're trying to, like what you're saying, why do you co-switch from Cozy Room compared to um, She Gets It? Because you're trying to attract or persuade a certain audience of people. Yeah. You're trying to reach a different um, platform, I would
0: say. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, about this, what would be the solution? Uh, I think when it comes to Black people in America, um, I think learning how to honor ourselves will help us, you know, with. This mindset of um, working twice as hard or being twice as good. Um, Learning to say no would help us ease this sometimes. Being willing to think about our health first. You know, just because you can do these things doesn't mean you need to do all 10 things today because such and such is counting on you. Um, Taking your PTO, would help a lot of Black people when it comes to you feeling the impact of having to be twice as good. Uh, Spending your time with family, not talking on the phone when you go on vacation, you don't have your laptop in your hand, you're not worried about something being due on Monday, Um, setting boundaries with people in the workplace, boundaries with people in public, um, boundaries sometimes with your family Uh, where, you know, some of my family that I grew up with, they might see the girl's hair out and say, when you go to comb your baby's hair, I feel like this mindset, especially when it comes to a lot of Caribbean families is your hair is only presentable when it's straightened or it's pulled back. Um, When you have your hair out, it's just like, it's too much. And in a lot of, in a lot of places, I mean, UPS, what was that like? Four years ago, they just made it okay for um, people to have their locks worn with their uniform. A lot of schools- There's a law
1: in Texas just passed that, um, I forget the name of the law that you can discriminate. So don't forget, in the county I come, in the city I come from, well, the town I lived in in Texas, Pearland, they were the school that um, they, the the teachers colored in a, a boy's part in his head Like, with Mm -hmm. a black market, the white teachers, to be exact. And I I wasn't the same one, but just don't forget about the black boy that had dreads and he was wrestling that made him cut his hair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it happens, but it's unique that when I hear when you talk about Caribbean um, culture, you know, black Caribbean culture, when they're still catching up, you know. Yeah. Because it's to the point like, because it was the same thing in the black culture, you got straighten hair, but I do you one know, skin you know a lot of, shout out to Chris Rockwell um, good hair, yeah, you know, when he talked about that, like with the perming of the hair, all these different things, and like, I love that you cut your hair and you're letting it grow out, you know that is a big thing, loving your natural hair and embracing our beauty standards, yeah, our beauty standards, that of is r- the, what that's not natural right. we naturally are.
0: I feel like I would be this contradiction of a mom to wash my hair, blow dry my hair, straighten my hair, and then feel like, okay, now we can go when both of my girls have natural curly hair. Well, that question is going to come up. Do we have to straighten our hair? Why do you have to straighten your hair? You know what I'm saying? And I just want them to grow up feeling comfortable as who they are instead of having to make yourself fit into these boxes of acceptance outside um now if they grow up and they want to straighten their hair cool but it's not something you have to do in order yeah. to be ready. and yeah.
1: um and i think that goes back to the very beginning of this when it was asked about my feelings about the being, being twice as good i don't want to have to be twice as good yeah i want it to be a choice if I choose to do better, if I choose to stay late, if I choose to do this to take steps and I'm getting compensated more for it or recognized more for it, that's what I want. I don't want to have to do twice as good to get the bare or the basic as everybody else. Mm-hmm. That, that's that, and the same thing with hair. I don't want to have to know, like... Ooh, ooh, it's something like shave my beard, I mean, but I don't think anybody grow beard. But it's like it's so many different things that is just part of me that come out of me naturally. Like skin, we I don't know we could talk about skin bleaching. We don't have that, some, but it's people that still they do. You you can Caribbean do it. People, I have family
0: you know? members that still
1: do that. But the thing is, some yeah. of them feel like they have to do it to be recognized. Yeah. Um, what's a pinky doll here on TikTok? Yeah. Look at the that record. <sighs> no matter what, she was um, skin whitening either naturally or through artificial intelligence to get to a point. Did she have to do it or was it a choice? Yeah. Mm.
0: And even like the staying, this idea that you have to stay longer or you have to do this or just because you were doing that, this expectation is just for you to be the only one that has to do that. I think black people need to get to a point in America where those who assume we're going to do more because they're just used to you doing more you show them the first three letters of the word assume and you go about your business
1: but you know it's not only the first three letters you assume we make an answer of you and me
0: <laughs> okay that's yeah great. i say i I did overtime, but it's, I'm not gonna do overtime every time and um there's joy in saying no, there's peace in saying no, and no with no explanation is all you need sometimes
1: was, my my response to how to make the change is to demand recognition, continue to advocate for self. Mm-hmm. and a lot of this work on the main thing you have to do is advocate for yourself because a lot of this change can't come from you you have to come from others right but you got stay in your bound stand your ground stand yeah. up
0: <laughs> yes and that is it that is uh episode
1: three well it has been an absolute pleasure y'all shan thank you the folks who's listening right now and watching right now thank you as always you know this is a pleasure and we got a few more episodes well quite a few more episodes coming throughout this series so we greatly urge you all to like share comment and support make sure to check out she gets a pod on all platforms with shan being the hardest working woman in podcasting, and make sure to check out Everything Culture. That's an A, not an I. It's no I in Everything Culture. All right, I'm country and I speak through it thoroughly. And anywhere you find us, you know, from YouTube to Spotify to Good Pods to Podbean, I can keep going down this. We are out there, okay. And I'm going to end it on our mission statement, which is which come from the words of Dr. Martin King Jr. That he's preached that he believed that men hate each other because they fear each other. They fear each other because they don't know each other. They don't know each other because of segregation. And because of segregation, we have miscommunication. So as always, God bless. We appreciate y'all. Chocolate with y'all later. Peace.